0: Sunday night I'd watch the practice with none of my Talk, but i read more
1: out of i'm not proud of it but i'm sort of happy about it out
0: out of and welcome to the out of practice podcast working through the legendary tv show the practice we are up to Season 3, Episode 4. It's a beautiful Saturday afternoon after your how? Ha- oh, no. No, it wasn't. How's it going, Diggs? Well, Keith, I'm
1: rested. I'm feeling good. And I'm completely on brand for myself. <laughs> <laughs> I went to check my packet pickup information, my registration for the race this morning at the World's Fair and Queens. Really excited about it, although I was a sure. little disappointed. My wife has two shows, so she was not going to be able to come and cheer me on. I was going to be solo style. But it's right. how I wanted to start my 39th year on this planet. And I uh, realized that much like my Amazon wish list, I had a ton of stuff in the cart, but I never clicked checkout. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and uh, the price doubled up. And the frugality in myself, is frugality a word?
0: Sure, why not? I think it's uh, pronounced frugality. Ah, yes.
1: Uh, Prevented me from spending double the money on a race I would only be doing really for the medal. So what I decided to do was run it tomorrow. My wife's going to send me off in the uh, morning, and then she's going to run the last mile with me after I run the race. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, but I did push my registration to December 8th, so I will be officially competing, but three weeks from now, so I can't... In my, I'm trying to like, you know, that first couple weeks of your birthday when you think you're going to do something different. Right, right. That's the phase I'm in. So I don't want to just uh, have said I was going to run and then not run. So I'm going to do the 13.1 miles tomorrow and then run the race officially December 8th for any of our uh, listeners who give half
0: a crap. Wow. Well, I mean, so much of that is very impressive. <laughs> In theory. Literally, In theory. none of it is
1: actually impressive, because nothing has happened yet.
0: Well, I mean, the fact that you were capable of running 13.1 miles is really, really remarkable. I ran one mile this morning and almost died.
1: Hey, you know what? You did it. Uh, it's because you and I have to squeeze into those really fancy opening night jackets, since we're we shitting
0: sure, We sure do, yeah. I mean, and uh, first off, we celebrated your birthday... Together! Together! By, together, by uh, going to the opening night of Slava's Snow Show on Broadway.
1: And had an amazing time. A shout out to David Carpenter, uh, one of the producers, for hooking us up with tickets to the show and to the opening night soiree, which we took full advantage of.
0: It was good fun. Food was really good. The food
1: was really,
0: really good. And we might have had a couple Slavatinis.
1: I had a few. You, I had a couple. You had, a, I would say, a few. I,
0: I, I had, th- I had a thruple, but I also, uh, <laughs> I didn't get the birthday pour before the show like you did.
1: Yeah, I, I told the bartender it was my birthday, and he he took that to heart. Oh boy, he sure did. It was a good night, man. Thank you for uh, for attending with me and for being a part of my big day.
0: Yeah, it was really fun. And, uh, oh, and I should also mention, um, that the day before I went to see my sister-in-law, Elise, in a show called Soft Power at the Public. Uh, David Henry Wong and Janine Tesori musical, which was fantastic. It was really, really good. Uh, Elise plays Hillary Clinton, uh, in the show. It's fascinating. Hopefully it gets up to the, uh, hopefully it transfers up to the big leagues. I feel like it should. So could you give me a quick rundown of the plot of the show with, I guess,
1: not spoilers, but I I, I know that it's, it's being touted for its inclusivity as well. So what is the sort of rundown of the plot?
0: Well, it's the show is about um, basically the relationship between America and China and what being a Chinese American is in that world. And it's sort of it's vaguely autobiographical about David Henry Wong, who is a Broadway playwright and librettist, um, who, on the day that Trump was elected, got his throat cut by a knife by a random attacker on the street.
1: Jesus, I did not know that.
0: Yeah, crazy. And so the the show is it's sort it's described as a musical within a play and the play is about him being hired to write a musical by chinese backers in the chinese style and then the musical within the play is his like fantasy that he has while bleeding out of a uh, a musical written about america from the chinese perspective oh it's it, it sounds crazier than it is. Like, it really does, like, all hold together. It's it's really, really terrific. So, uh, it, you can't check it out because it's closing this weekend at the public. But hopefully, fingers crossed, they're going to bump it up to the big leagues. And this, folks, has been... Two Straight Guys Talking About Broadway. Who actually has heard both of our podcasts? This is the theme song to our Broadway podcast. Way back when. Brings a tear to my
1: eye. I guess we should it's hard to mention the plot of the Slava Snow Show. It's it's been around the universe for A long many, time. Since 93, I think. Yeah, many, many years. And in Russia, it's sort of the Mr. Rogers of or the Bozo the Clown, I guess, of it's an, it's an absurdist clown uh fantasy sure yeah experience it's it's the opposite of what you said it's actually crazier than it sounds <laughs>
0: right yeah well i mean it's it's some really like world class russian clowning so like like the clown begins the show with sort of a noose around his neck <laughs> It's very dark, even though it's funny for kids.
1: And there just keeps
0: rope keeps
1: coming, and so then I guess his journey is in finding some hope. and, And it's just world class clown, world class miming, world class creativity. And despite the dark nature, it's. It's very funny. The kids were having a great time. We were having a great time. Uh, It's it's totally I think it's playing for eight weeks here on Broadway, but it's it's literally all around the world as well. So do yourself a favor and check it out if you've got.
0: And the snow finale is worth the price of admission. Yeah, it is. It's really something
1: really amazing. We it was it was good time. And then, like we said, we we had some drinks. It, It was fun. So thanks for taking some time to talk about Broadway with these two heterosexual white males.
0: Indeed. And now it's time for... Filings and Filings and Filings and Filings and I I heard tell, we might have heard from a certain football quarterback whose name will not be mentioned.
1: Correct. And this was directed... This email we received was specifically directed to Michael. I guess that's me. That, that would be you, yes. Way to self-identify. Great job on your latest episode. I really enjoyed the three different levels of murder, as you accurately pointed out. Murdered by accident versus premeditated non-murder versus surprise murder. Good stuff. However, my favorite part of the episode was when your mans. <laughs> what? <laughs> I hadn't read this previous. But however, my favorite part of the episode was when your manservant finally admitted oh. that we all, what we have all known since the first, very first episode, one that he hate me. That's thank, true. Thank you, F XFL. That's wow. true. Coming back, sort of. And two, not sort of more. I'd say more so, uh, much more in in a much more appropriate scope. I think, but we're not going to divert to the XFL just yet.
0: It's it's not sports ball yet.
1: Two, that I am clearly the best quarterback of all time. Now I think <sighs> that is up for debate because I was pretty adamant in my awarding of the goat to to TB. Uh, you were less apt to to really give a full-throttled uh, endorsement.
0: Well, I mean, look, I it it it's not that I don't necessarily agree. It's just that it hurts me on the insides. Listening to his soul quietly
1: die as he admitted yes. number two is something that I will cherish <laughs> to the end of my days. <laughs> uh, and, and then a very excited picture of number 12, uh, clearly uh, after, a, after a great win. So I think that... I think that TB is back. We're really excited about it. And thank you for writing in. I I do like, I'd like to step out of fiction for a second, Keith. I'd like to just uh, peer right through the fourth wall. Oh, God. I'm wondering, who is this person? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who has to literally live in character and write us in character weekly, bi-weekly, and never really be fully endorsed for his creativity and absolute amazing roleplay. And who, like, knows
0: his shit? Yeah. Like, he hate me is a good callback.
1: So either this person is doing so much research to just to write these emails and to just rub your face in your own ass. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which is about the only thing I can actually endorse doing research for.
1: Correct. Uh, so, if you'd like to write a separate email out of character, we'd be happy to engage with you. Otherwise,
0: if no, not, you know, what does not break the fourth wall? <laughs> You're
1: right. Hell no. You're right. Well, you can. You don't have to. You don't have to say that who you are. You could just have two personas going.
0: No, no, no. That's not how this works. You don't understand. Okay, well, Keith, there's an. Anyway, is there, there's another portion of filings and subpoenas this week. There, there is, but we, I, we have one more regular filing and subpoena before okay. I get into this. Uh, we heard uh, via Facebook from our friend Shandrika, who is a in listener in India, who asked, "How does she watch the practice in India?" And uh, so I was like, "Oh, go to Hulu and Amazon," but unfortunately, it's not available in India. Oh, so I couldn't think of anything else to do other than to suggest a VPN (laughs) uh, to get herself into American Hulu or uh, or Amazon. But if anybody listening has any idea who has who has the broadcast rights to the practice in India, send us a note and we can uh, pass it along to Shren uh, to Shandrika.
1: There was a comment, Sandrica. well, I'll have to go and do a little digging. There was a comment on one of our social medias about someone watching a recent episode on a streaming app that I had not heard of. Oh. Uh, it was a recent post, so we just have to look it back at our comments. But So that might be a lead if you want to scour our social media a little bit. I think it was okay. on Instagram. So there are. I'm sure there's a way out there. If not, I guess you're just going to have to listen to it. Through our eyes,
0: no, no, you can't say that. We're gonna—that'll get us sued, sir. That will—you'd better not listen to this without subscribing and paying for a service that provides the practice. Please don't sue us. Fair, very fair.
1: <laughs> Speaking of, before we get there I, to our next portion of filing and subpoenas, is—is is there yes. a separate bumper for that, Keith?
0: There might be. Yes.
1: Okay. In that case, could you run the objections bumper? I sure can.
2: will
1: be an appeal two points point number one i'd like to object to both of us because upon listening back to some of our older episodes where we couldn't be bothered to take the time to figure out why i was buffering so badly we ended up not using our appropriate hulu subscription yeah and using uh Let's just say...
0: A borrowed copy
1: of it? Yeah. And the audio is just horrific. So for those listeners who have been going through the back catalog and suffering through some of the absolutely atrociously mixed and recorded episodes, I personally would like to object to myself (laughs) and apologize for myself.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, at some point we should go back and remaster them. Do You still have all the files, right?
1: I do though, I may have gotten rid of the first season, second. I think I might be like deleting as I go. Oh no no no! I think I have them all on my hard drive. I have them all on still.
0: your hard drive? Yeah yeah yeah. All right. Well, you know, we're we're gonna uh, remaster them someday.
1: Yeah, we'll see about that. Objection number two is for you, uh, Keith. Uh, what did I do? Well, la- on last week's episode. We kept discussing a character named rebecca D. cricket who was a winner of an oopsie. It was the yes. buddy cop team of Rebecca and Jimmy. Right. And we had a fun thing that we were going to both Photoshop horrific, a horrific monstrosity of Rebecca and, Which and Jimmy Which we together.
0: definitely did. We
1: absolutely did that. And years went up when the oopsies got posted, and I was like, hey, where's mine? And I went to go post mine and found quickly... <laughs> That we were in Instagram jail. Oh my god, yes. Which well, happens when someone likes too many people likes too fast? Too many people too fast. Yes. To which I thought to myself, who could he be liking? What could be the problem? So I went onto the Instagram again and uh-huh. I went to our DMs, our direct messages to see, you know, who we've been engaging with. Now when you've been joking over the past months of podcasts about these Russian bots, it turns out You're not kidding. We have tons. So many nudie bikini clad people hitting (laughs) us up in our DMs. (laughs) We have to be, I think, a little more judicious about that like button, Keith.
0: Oh (laughs) clearly, in order to get out of Instagram jail. Well, by the time you hear this, I will have posted both of our horrific Rebecca De Jimity cricket. Pictures because we are out of Instagram jail. Hooray are, for us. And I already posted it. You oh, you already did. Okay. I already good. Had,
1: I already gave two
0: Instagram posts today. Okay. Well, alright. Well, get us out of jail for a bit. Okay. This brings us now to our new segment entitled Your Honor! That vertical scrap. The truth was concealed. that must be repealed. And now it's appealed, appeal appeal Appeals. We have an appeal. Our first appeal. Writing in on our Blogspot blog, outofpracticepodcast.blogspot.com, we have an appeal for the episode, Cloudy with a Chance of Membranes. Which was, if you remember, the case where uh, Chris Sarandon, playing a doctor, had been accused of murder, uh, and it looked like it was a serial killer called the—I don't uh, the poet, the poet—and who had legoed uh, the doctor's girlfriend, and so the whole trial was whether or not the doctor killed his girlfriend, and at the end of the episode. Uh, he was found guilty, but we, as a team, decided that we thought that perhaps the wife had done it. And I'm going to play a little clip from that moment. Guilty. This is our podcast.
1: Guilty. Well, all hands on deck.
0: are yeah. Guilty. Guilty. You can hear Guilty. some of the bad audio we were talking about. Ooh. Guilty. We're zooming in on his wife's face. Guilty. He looks hella satisfied. Guilty. We're idiots. <laughs> that wow. is a full-on grin from the wife.
1: So hold on, Keith. Is that grin, I'm satisfied because you cheated on me, and then now I put you away? Or is that a? I killed that woman because I, f- I knew you were having an affair, and I got away with it, and you're going to jail
0: for me? Well, that's the question, isn't it? Did you screenshot? All right. S- I so anyway, so at the end of the episode, they zoomed in on the wife, uh, making this big, ridiculous grin, which both of us interpreted as she murdered his, her husband's girlfriend and framed him in the murder. But we have an appeal. Lulu lulo lulo Lulo, L U L O
1: 2119 says I think the final shot on the wife is intentionally ambiguous she could have done it but there's no evidence put in to the episode that she'd be capable of the surgery involved in the murder mhm the Legoing. plus we know she was home the writers are too good to not set that up. I think she intentionally testified in a way to nail him, but he really did do it.
0: That is a very interesting theory. The point and... she
1: brings up that I think we didn't analyze properly is that the whole thing that really pointed the finger to him is that the body was legoed, and they they made a they made a point, if I'm not mistaken to bring up that he was surgical the the body parts you remember remember you actually mentioned this last week when the head falls off the table there's sort of a comic beat about it right right uh he, he it was surgically done so unless she and they don't make any mention of her having a surgical training or any medical training so really the pieces are there that that you know someone with some sort of surgical or medical training did this
0: well and uh she mentioned that The wife was at home at the time. All right. Understood. Here is my rebuttal. Here is my rebuttal. My rebuttal is A. In terms of the wife being home, we know she says she was home, but as we also know her husband was out on a call, there is nobody there to serve as a witness proving that she was home. She just said she was home, but during the time in which... Uh, the woman was being Legoed. we don't actually know where she was other than what she says. One two I think the surgical thing is is a very good point as well. However, I think you could argue that the wife would have uh, access to surgical books and information. Uh, her husband was a surgeon so I believe she would have access to figure out how to do it if she were to want to. And, you know, legoing somebody carefully is difficult, but it's not like she, you know, did a heart transplant. It's just, where do you cut around uh, all the bits? So, I think you, uh, it is certainly a very good rebuttal, but I'm not sure, I'm, I I don't think it's exculpatory yet.
1: I always think, if you have to cut up a body... It's not like you just get an axe and that's that. That's gonna be very horrific. You gotta chop through. I think you really need a bone saw. I think that's it's less the know-how and more the tools, access to the tools.
0: Well, but if you're gonna Well, it really depends on how you're Legoing. Because are you Legoing at the joint? So you're you're basically you're just you're cutting through (laughs) <laughs> this is getting very dark. <laughs> you're cutting through like tendons and stuff, but you're not actually cutting through bones, which is what I would expect a surgeon to be doing would be like butchering a chicken or something like that. You're not cutting through the bones, you're just you're just cutting it at the uh at the joints and such. You
1: actually bring up one of the most horrific things I think that my little imagination has ever really worked through. I forget. What was the name of the movie? 27 Hours? That that movie of the, the hiker oh, who sure. got stuck between the two rocks and had to end up cutting off his own right, arm. Right, James Franco, yeah. It, well, yeah. James Franco played him in the movie. I can't remember the actual climber's name. Alex something? No anyway. Idea. Anyway, it wasn't so much the fact that he had to use a... a, a I believe it was a, a pocket knife? Yep. It wasn't the getting through the bone part that is the most horrific it's it's actually the flesh and the tendons that you have to saw through to actually right. get through the just the absolute horror of doing that not only to yourself but with no sort of anesthetic and that's not a word either uh anesthesia sure.
0: yeah anesthetic is a word
1: yeah. okay great i was thinking antiseptic but that's a different thing
0: well Ooh. it would be good if you're And. Oh Jesus Christ! You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: yeah. In fact, let's if your anesthesia not...
0: was antiseptic, yeah. Yeah.
1: There you go. Anyway, where are we? Oh, legoing. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> you know. Ho- so I guess we come back. The one thing we- I think we'll agree upon all of us here is that we said in the episode, and Lulo Lulo twenty one nineteen agrees, is that it is ambiguous intentionally. Yes. And I think that that is a credit to the writing, and uh, we've noticed noted that at, in in many episodes the ambiguity sometimes, sometimes it's really frustrating at the end of a movie or at the end of a season of a television show the the amp, the, uh, the cliffhanger the the ambiguous right. ending. But they've really, found, David E. Kelly and his writers have really found a way to make it interesting many times.
0: No, and I I think if we take it back into our world, I think there is enough to investigate her and can, you know to to make her a suspect to get her working but i don't think there's enough to convict yet so uh interestingly
1: well
3: there's not they,
0: they to can convict never either. convict her
1: right cuz they've already convicted him
0: oh no you could like if you if you find proof that somebody else murdered somebody you have to overturn the first conviction but then you can convict uh person number 2 but i don't think we're going to get there Anyway, wow. We've
1: already dropped off some plot lines that we've we haven't gotten to, like that case you mentioned last week. So the asbestos case, yeah. I, d- I
0: doubt we're going back here. I doubt it. Uh but we have now spent twenty six minutes <laughs> before we have even gotten to the first thing about this particular episode. Our which- fans, our fans need us, Keith. Oh, yeah, sure. (laughs) Uh, We are talking today about season three, episode four, The Defenders, which aired on October 18th, 1998, which brings us to this favorite segment. What were you doing this day in the basement? I won't take a lot of time. October 18th,
1: 1998. I'm one month into my senior year of high school. I'm one month from turning 18 years old, so I am in the golden sunset of my the quota, sunset at 17 of my golden childhood. That time period where I have no real responsibility, where I'm not considered an adult by the the universe. <laughs> and this was midway between Bill Clinton's uh, halfway through his second term we actually picked up in this election coming up, we actually picked up some seats in the house. So things seemed like they were- The economy
0: was going great.
1: Yeah, things were really good. And I was knowing that I was going off to college and it was just really that last bit of time before life really hit. So I was just enjoying the golden sunset of my pre-adult life.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, I was getting my first job in college and that was a student work what do they call that work study work study work study job at the eastman dining center (laughs) working for aramark of all things uh where i at this point i was still just a regular worker and uh i was doing all sorts of things i was uh serving food I was cleaning your trays in the. Did you ever work in like an industrial like uh, cafeteria uh, washroom? Uh, doing the dishes there.
1: Uh, I've done pl- my share of dishes at various restaurants and and pizza joints, but never in like an industri- industrial type situation. It was
0: a, it was actually really well organized. You had uh, you basically had a whole room just for washing the dishes. And you had everyone put their tray and their dishes in a wall that had a whole bunch of slots that were open on either side. Then you would take the tray and you would dump the food. They had a sort of like a trough in front of us where the water was running from one side to the other. You dump the food in there, rinse the dishes, load the dishes into onto trays, which of course which went through a washer that was sort of a conveyor, like a car wash. Uh, so it was kind of gross, but it was actually really well organized. So, uh, I didn't do that a lot because I got promoted very quickly. I was very good at dining center stuff. Um, but it was, uh, that was my, f- how I spent my, uh, how I spent much of my freshman year. That was the only time I interacted with other human beings when I wasn't in class <laughs> was because I was isolated. Work, uh, study, but- work study was good because you weren't
1: actually biting off any chunks of debt. Like most student loans, you were actually working. And then that Went towards your education and so you never had to actually quote-unquote repay that which was nice But it was also sort of a modern day indentured servitude.
0: Yeah, actually it wasn't even that good Where the work-study thing wasn't that I it paid off any loans or I got a discount on my education It was literally just we'll throw you a bone by allowing you to work by guaranteeing that you can work at the school for sub-minimum wage, <laughs> get to keep the money that you, like, here, you have the honor of making $5 an hour cleaning trays, and that is somehow helping oh, your
1: education. Yeah, mine was different. I got, it wasn't hourly, but I was prepaid that as, like, a grant,
0: you know Oh, I mean? okay. and
1: then I had to work X amount of hours to
0: offset it. Okay. Well, that's that. Actually, sounds like that's a little more helpful. Like a prison camp, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Like which one of those is actually better? Unclear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: regardless. Yeah.
0: Let, let's let's move forward. Let's move forward. All right. We're gonna talk about this day in the world on Sunday, October eighteenth, nineteen ninety eight. The. Uh, <laughs> Wait, hold on, Phil. I have to. I have to find the song. I have to
1: find the song. I will also say that I remember vividly uh, my brother, my father, and I watching WWE's pay-per-view for that sunday it was called in your house and the main event i believe was the undertaker versus kane with steve austin stone cold steve austin as the special guest referee How was that
0: for a crazy you actually referee? remember that specifically yes holy crap all right well here we are the uh, top song coming back from two weeks ago is the first night by monica and you would be listening to this as you went to go see Practical Magic, which was the uh, number one movie, pulled in $13 million, the cover of the Burlington Free Press, talked about Act 60 driving the campaign, Act 60, which I mentioned a couple of times, but was very controversial and was a big piece of the 98 local elections coming up in just a couple of weeks up in Vermont. Never heard this song. Never saw that movie. Uh, No, I don't think I did either. Uh, I heard the song two weeks ago, but yeah. I have never seen that movie. Although I hear it's a that's like a really well-liked movie. Who's in it? Practical Magic? I don't know. <laughs> but, uh,
1: Let's
0: leave uh, we'll it co- there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave it there. All right. I just looked it up, but you know what? I'm not going to tell you who was in it. Uh, which brings us, to everyone's favorite segment, Sports Ball! Danny Cannell threw three touchdowns in a 34 7 victory over Jake Plummer and the Cardinals that brought the Giants to 3 and 4. The Philadelphia Eagles got back to their. Lo- oh, hold on, I'm starting this again. That was terrible. Wow. It was, that, that was a mess. We're going to. This week in Sports Ball! Denny Canal threw three touchdowns in the 34-7 victory over Jake Plummer and the Cardinals that brought the Giants to 3-4. The Philadelphia Eagles got back to losing with a scintillating 13-10 loss to the Chargers. Ryan Leafs, 83 yards on nine completions, were enough to finish off Rodney Pete and the one-win Eagles in San Diego.
1: Man, Tom Brady's going to hand my Eagles uh, an ass spanking this week, too,
0: I think. Oh, goodness, yes. Well, Keith, that was, uh, yeah. Do you think it's time? I think it's finally time to talk about the damn episode. These things get longer and longer. Uh, we love it. Ah, uh, the Defenders was written by who else? David E. Kelly, and it was directed by Dwight H. Little, who also directed Trees in the Forest. Which brings us to everybody's favorite segment. <laughs> nope. Nope. God, nope. No. God no! Come on, please. Get your guitar.
4: You did if
0: you if you <laughs> had run the marathon this morning, then I wouldn't make you get the guitar. But instead, you have to get the guitar. And while he gets the guitar, you can reach us at out of practice podcast at gmail.com, join Tom Brady. You can leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts be much appreciated. Join the jury. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at outofpracticepodcast.com and make an appeal at outofpracticepodcast.blogspot.com. Come see all the fun stuff we're doing. And uh, that has now brought us to everyone's favorite what segment is for my real.
1: What going to happen.
0: Oh, that almost worked so well. I
1: just <laughs> I, I, I I was one measure early. <laughs> I didn't kill you. Um, the Defenders, I think... If I'm not mistaken, we have like 27 cases to wrap up this week, or to engage in, or at least three ongoing cases. So I think that, like... Well, two. Well, Yes, two that are ongoing, but I'm sure yes. there will be a third case, because there's always three. Not always, but... And a good portion. I think that much like a Sylvester Stallone Rocky Balboa esque montage of training, we I'm are going to we are going to get so many swooshes this episode. Your head will spin as we montage together our team fighting multiple cases concurrently in the courtroom, in the conference room, coming together like the Avengers, but as the defenders.
0: Yeah, dude, let's do it. I just—we should really do an episode of the practice now.
1: Your S- Stallone impression—not as good as your presidential <laughs> impressions.
0: That's because I never tried to do one. Yeah, that wasn't good. That was more I, I like—I have, have to watch. I have to go back to it. Yeah, that's like more
1: he, like a man who just had all of his teeth removed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> best, best practice, practice, yeah. yeah. practice. Right.
1: Now. I I want I will mention before we get into it that the previously on the practice we're going to skip this week because it is one minute and thirty seconds long. They needed a ninety second this week on or uh, previously on the practice.
0: They did. All right, but before we start, we're going to do everyone's favorite segment: the ad. The practice season
1: three. Episode 4, The Defenders. What's going to
5: happen? Two personal? More shots of I don't think so. But it certainly isn't relevant to You'll help. get
6: slack. The last thing a DA wants is to get up and object to an opening statement. But here, starting on page three... Well, oh, here we have Bobby, Lindsay,
1: preparing well, in the conference room. That's story, Bobby. The well, that's at
6: Bobby's office. you tell that you steal the thunder of Pearson's testimony. That's where this thing is won or lost, with him on the stand. Don't go near the dead cat.
5: Really? They got to hear that from him. Do you think he's guilty?
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes, he's guilty. He shot the guy. Uh, the cat, Keith. The cat. Mean if, if we're remembering. Uh, oh, he killed the guys. This weird stalker guy killed his cat. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Not particularly reason to murder
0: somebody, but. Touch my cat! I will fucking kill you. I don't and even they're not have really even
1: going for self defense. They're going for uh, I uh, my finger to squeeze the trigger. I went I went all red and squeezed the trigger. Right.
0: Yeah, they're they're going for sort of accident. Accidental insanity.
1: Yeah.
6: I think under that set of circumstances, a lot of people would have pulled the trigger.
5: Yeah, out of revenge, maybe, but we can't go with revenge. Our case is accident. Our case God.
6: is getting the jury to want to let him go. If we can do that, Lindsay's very conflicted
1: accident. here. Well, the judge was given the
5: instruction
6: and of a lifetime. She wanted to beat and now she has to defend. All we need That's is great. one.
5: Are you okay? Mm. For all my problems with him, he's like my father. You know, in fact, he believed in me more than...
0: Are you too close to this? Have you ever had a teacher that... No. ...was a great because teacher that, 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 that you state, sued him I'm twice, fine. then he <sighs> murdered somebody? I'm ready.
1: Yeah, I can't say I have.
0: Okay, well... Here we go. It looks like it's going to be about this case, but I have an objection to do over the credits. Okay. I'm not going to play the bumper cuz I don't want to uh, confuse it, but guess what we have been doing wrong for 40 episodes? I we don't have know. been mispronouncing Jimmy's name. It is not Michael Battalucho, it is Michael Battalucco. a harder Bataluco, we apologize, and we've been jimmied by ourselves. We have clearly been jimmied. I expect a lawsuit, and we will go uncontested and apologize.
1: Your reparations are in the mail. I just
6: hope
7: we haven't pushed this too fast. The fresher
6: your testimony, the better. I don't want you up there with just a cold memory. The more you still feel it, the more they will. I will never not feel that moment, Bobby. Lindsay will open. They'll probably put on the detective, the coroner, somebody like self from defense, forensics, and that could be it. You could be defense. taking the stand by Thursday. Well, Linda Hunt wouldn't, wouldn't let we put him do it. depends on how he does. I want to rest on our best note. You ready?
1: All the service he's done to state of New York mm-hmm. with his ghost bus. Are
5: too. you? <laughs> We're ready.
0: Take that, dead horse. Everybody wow. zoom in slowly. We all got an
1: upshot zoom shot.
8: Helen, how we doing? Well, nothing in his house connecting him to the crime.
1: That's the good news. Right, this is the deep What's the day. head in a bag uh, well, case. buddy
8: George has a little home video library, Eleanor. None of them directed by Ron Howard. Oh, Don't
1: tell but, me. It's weird. Not to be confused, there was a prosthetic head in a bag not a prosthetic nose on
0: the perp. That's right. Although we we are, we are to believe that the head is real. Stop. What, you saw it? No,
8: some of the detectives. It doesn't really mean anything. Ellen, but... you got to know the guy was framed. Come on.
1: Now, Keith, I have an objection from my wife at this moment. Oh, let's hear it. We're looking at Eleanor and... Le- uh, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not helping you. Helen Gamble in the there you go. elevator. And... I was doing the last week's episode, and I was looking up uh, something for the to revisit Cloudy with a Chance of Membranes, and Jen saw Helen Gamble, and said that she's too skinny, Keith. She says that she looks too skinny. That's her objection.
0: Okay. Well, I, I think that she is not alone in having made a similar objection. If you're
8: gonna kill somebody, you, you don't then walk around with the head. That's
3: true. It's not my case.
0: So we you know, missed. I didn't
8: hear an undertone of this will probably go away. Right now. Of course
0: it's not going no away. She's got a head they in the bag. I got the
5: right guy.
9: What the hell oh, is going know. on? I'm being railroaded. Look,
8: let's just focus on the good news. Well,
1: I don't know about that. <laughs> you you may be being framed that is a that is a possibility but not railroaded the fact that you were arrested is pretty
0: above board well i mean and this uh, again this is george vogelman played by michael monks uh yeah according to him he slept with a woman he met at a bar who apparently was a college student and he's like 45 uh already a little bit creepy uh, they discover her head in his bag, like, okay, buddy, like, I understand they haven't proven that you did it, but you look a little suspicious, maybe, you know, roll with it.
8: They found nothing at your house. You
9: said that after they investigated, I'd probably be set free. You said that if they didn't find anything else, they would release me. I said, well, they May- didn't find anything else. And now you're here telling me the district attorney's office thinks I did it. Don't yell at me, George. I'm I will tra- yell Eleanor. What the hell is going you on? You have to. Un- this is insane.
0: You have a severed head in your bag. In your bag. And though slamming right, things George, and screaming at your lawyer is not tell you helping. Let me how this is going to work.
8: You don't shout at me. Ever.
0: No
3: noise!
8: I don't like it. We don't need some guard here taking the stand saying he heard you banging tables and screaming like a man who could decapitate somebody. Now, the police are nuts to hold you. They haven't found one piece of evidence connecting anybody else to this crime. You had the victim's head. Now add to that your porno collection. That makes you seem a little strange.
1: And add to that the fact you don't have... Now, now, now.
0: Okay, yeah, Let's not bring our porno into this. I have two points to make. (laughs) One. (laughs) (laughs) Only one of them is about porn. Okay. (laughs) That is one less
1: than I expected.
0: (laughs) Uh, I actually really like this moment for Eleanor. There are so many times where... Uh, our cast is is written to get so heated and, like, shout at people that don't feel earned or appropriate. But I think in this moment, like, her actually, like, shouting at him feels totally earned, feels totally appropriate, and well-delivered. So that's point one. Point two, and we're gonna probably talk about this for much of the episode, this 1998 view of, like, a person who views porn as like oh you must be a weird perverted criminal <laughs> it's gonna be this whole episode and I'm thinking boy have times changed
1: yeah because the, you don't need to have a collection anymore right the internet has curated it specially for you and if you want to go down those dark corners as as I think we've talked in actually the last episode or maybe two ago look thinking about things, fantasizing about things is a what makes us human and B ain't nobody's goddamn business,
0: really, right? Well even even beyond that, I mean, I think I'd be actually really curious to know whether the amount consumed by people is vastly different today than it was 20 years ago because of the internet because it's you know available on your phone you have a library of everything that's ever happened in all of space and time or is it we all just watch the same vhs tape ten thousand times i mean clearly like you're viewing more content but are people viewing it more often i don't know i'm curious
1: that's a very fascinating research thing i would love to know about too Uh, not only that but items, right? Toys and such. Where it used to be you'd have to suck up your courage if you had any sort of prudent prudish tendencies to to go and buy a magazine or 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 a, a dildo or something like that. Now, with Amazon and stuff like that, it's it's not even an issue.
0: Right. Well, and and I think you know, I I think I, I would probably agree with an argument that says that some parts of that are much healthier that we have access to, you know, to to stuff like that. And uh, it's healthy, it's it's certainly more, uh, uh, more balanced gender-wise. Um,
1: yes, I would agree with that.
0: I think that's great. On the other hand, the access to the volume and types of pornography um, is probably not helping anybody. And good God, I can't imagine what it's like to be... <laughs> like a kid these days with access to that. like Yeah. Ugh, I think
1: that's where, that's, horrible. that's where I think we could have an argument about taste and about what's healthy. I, now what's, what's funny to me, sorry to divert on pornography, but it is such a f- furtive conversation. We should talk about it in uh, another podcast.
0: Yeah, that's uh, totally true. Yeah.
1: But Jen and I were talking, my wife who, uh, uh I forget how it came up. Oh, I remember, we, uh, we passed the Museum of Sex and in here in New York City and they had a whole thing of dildos on display and she made a comment along the lines of why don't uh, why don't men have dildo type things like it's such a female thing to which I responded that's not true have you not heard of the fleshlight to which she responded what the hell is the fleshlight so I googled an image of it and she was blown away by how crazy of a thing this was to which I responded no i don't th- what's so crazy about it it's just a thing we, men, some men use to do. <laughs> and <laughs> she just seemed sort of confused about it, to which I said, you know, that, that's where we had a whole conversation about, well, what what your proclivity is and what your comfort level with these types of things is, is radically different than some other people. And maybe it's the fact that I'm very liberal or that we live here in New York, but my mind, I mean, when a, if you have existed on the internet for any period of time, you know that dildos and fleshlights are not even the tip of the iceberg of how crazy and how deep and dark some people's kink goes. Right. That's not right. even that's not even going towards the water yet. So, you know, we live in this great age and I think that it's healthy for people to express themselves in any way they choose in their own personal life and if that includes decapitating someone and putting their head into a medical bag then so be it.
0: Wow, you know, I you you, you went and went on I a tr- long speech there, uh, made a personal endorsement of the fleshlight.
1: <laughs> Actually, I will say I've never seen or used one in person, although I don't see anything wrong about it. Except they do make ones that are just mouths, and it's very bizarre looking.
0: Well, sure. Yes, no. I, I was, I was about to say like anything that doesn't harm yourself or anybody else, go to fucking town. And then you talked about decapitating a woman and putting her head in a bag, which I believe, uh technically would be harming someone. So uh, I do not endorse that.
1: Yeah, that would be what we call in the business a failed segue. <laughs>
0: Wait, are we in up. a business? I was home!
8: Yes! And that's the only thing I have to tell to a jury. No. <laughs> that while Susan Robin was being murdered, you were home alone watching your own private Discovery Channel.
1: They did that with the, the priest case, too. The porno is, is looked down
0: upon by David E. Kelly. Well, that was a very different porno. thing. Yeah, Yeah. Right. That's the, that is not in the same box, kids. Not that, in the same box. We had a box. great line
1: that I talked over, Eleanor, there. She's, in fact, I'm just going to go back in time. Ooh yes
8: and that's the only thing i have to tell to a jury that while susan robin was being murdered you were home alone watching your own private discovery channel
1: i did used to watch it for the boobies let's just get over Thrives. the idea
8: that they're gonna free you any second now
1: that was on the discovery going not happen yeah na- well national geographic
8: we're in this for the long haul george
1: well that's different is it you don't think there's an eight-year-old out there watching naked and afraid trying to see if any bits and berries get through the
0: the pixelation i'm not sure that's true anymore because uh, like if anybody's to. interested in that it's so much easier to get like that's something we would have done i mean of course would that have show, done <laughs> or still do and it's like we're so old that it, we're like oh there, there might, i might see something by accident not even like like pretend like the, I think that 12 year old is still in us that like oh it's like watching the model fittings on Project Runway
1: oh boy <laughs> I'm gonna have to have a heavy edit on this <laughs> <laughs> uh,
9: this just can't be happening to me
1: As we're talking over the opening credits still of this episode, by the way. We're almost an hour into this episode. (laughs) We're getting uh, Instagram comments, Keith, on our Rebecca D. Cricket pictures. Uh, Oh, do tell. People want merch. They keep saying, we want merch.
0: (laughs) Somebody other than Jen?
2: Yep. Let me begin by saying thank you for your service. Criminal cases aren't fun. Especially when they involve the taking of human life. And homicide trials tend to be long. You will be relieved to learn, however, that here it will be short. It is uncontroverted, which means that you can accept it as fact right now. The defendant shot an unarmed man at point blank five times, killing him. I know that! It's right. from
0: somewhere! We should talk about this lawyer here in Egon's case. This is. Played uh, this lawyer is played by Stephen Gilborn, a very familiar actor who you would know from Alien Resurrection. He's going to do six episodes of this of the practice. He was on Ellen. He was in Private Parts, The Late Shift, Picket Fences, and Columbo. And the other thing that we should point out while we're talking here is that this scene looks like it's either shot at dawn or dusk. I mean, or we're made to believe it was shot at down dusk this lit is all artificial if. lighting but it is lit beautifully
1: beautiful lighting Bobby's face is you could chisel it into granite right now it's so perfectly Bobby Donald and we know that this is the big case because the big fan is in the courtroom
0: the big fan big fan big face big case suspect
2: might try to put the victim on trial here tell you he was a bad guy perhaps he was but he's not on trial He is. The victim didn't have a gun. He did. The victim didn't kill anybody. He did. Now, it's possible the defense might endeavor to convince you their client's a good man. Perhaps he is. Though, in my experience, good men don't execute people. All I will ask, do not let yourselves be drawn into good guy, bad guy arguments. This isn't about who he is or what he is. This is about what he did. What the lighting he did is exquisite. Yeah. Was to shoot a man three times in the chest.
1: It's amazing what money will do.
2: And then twice
0: in the head. What he did. Well, I don't even know if it's was money. It's just really murder. good direction and D P work. But like they've got the gels. You'd think.
1: You know, DP and gels in the context of our porn talk are completely different. The evidence will
5: D- show uh, the victim, of Raymond photography Breyer, photography. And the plastic you
0: put over a light and to make it a different family. color is a gel.
5: His wife, Meredith, sitting there. There are two children who visit almost every weekend. The evidence will show that after being stalked, threatened with violence, vandalized, Professor Pearson purchased a gun to protect his family. The evidence will show that Professor Pearson picked up that gun, in fact, to protect himself. when Mr. This is not
1: the opening that
5: they planned.
0: Well, this is the opening they planned, but this is she's treading very carefully to self-defense, which uh, our friend showed up at his Zoe doorstep has been very paranoid, clear not to do. ...in a
5: schizophrenic state to protect himself from a deranged person with a past history of violence. When you listen to all of the evidence carefully, you will see that Mr. Breyer posed a life threat to Mr. Pearson and his family. Now, I'm not surprised the prosecution wants you to take the question of who's the good guy out of the equation. Because the evidence will show Anderson Pearson to be...
1: A good guy? I Very
3: suppose
5: salt. I should admit a bias. He was my law professor. And I, like many of my classmates, walked out of law school aspiring to be him.
1: So I sued him for $18 million. He's a very
5: good <laughs> Twice. man. The thing about law school, we all go in dreaming of someday arguing the big case. And the biggest cases
1: are the ones I won against the tobacco trial industry.
5: Where your client is not only innocent, but heroic even. And he's somebody you care deeply about.
1: Good somebody tears from Egon. To Egon save. working it.
5: Not just from prison, but from injustice. This. Nine's from Kelly. I don't
1: want to have to photoshop their heads upon one another.
3: (laughs) Donald Young in front. And Dole. And Dole. Hi, Lindsay. (laughs) Jay, <laughs> great not theme. even
8: looking for anybody else.
10: They usually don't, eleanor when they think they got the guy. To them, this case is solved, which means we gotta investigate, and we start by making. I love that
1: Lindsay calls into the office just to make sure that, that she's doing the
0: that Lucy's putting it in there. Yeah, great. Two lists: one,
10: who would want to frame George Vogelman? Two, who would want Susan Robin dead? It's possible George just represented somebody's chance to get away with murder, and this whole thing is more about that.
8: Just got a little inside tip from Lindsay. Helen told her.
9: George and the victim did not leave the bar together.
10: Oh, snap.
2: Did he make any statement to the effect?
1: Wait, what implication does that have?
0: Well, a couple of things. (laughs) It means that George lied. Because he says they left the bar together and to to the slept with each other at, at the motel. So if that's not true, then we've caught George in a lie in some fashion. Or it also could, on some level, say that George and he were not together when she was murdered. So it's complex.
2: That he thought the victim was armed. No, he didn't. And detective, We're back was the there Egon any case. evidence of a struggle? No, sir. Any Would evidence that suggested every that the victim could have been moving toward the defendant? No. We concluded the victim was standing flat-footed about 40 inches away from the defendant at the time of the shooting. How could you tell that? The powder burns on the victim, footprints, the defendant's statement. He said
6: so himself. In fact, Mr. Pearson was very forthcoming, wasn't he? Yes. And it was Mr. Pearson's wife that called the police. That's correct. That's actually a really Did the Pearsons
0: important discussion. ever ask- Because the the discussion uh I was gonna bring this up later, but I guess now it makes sense. Uh the discussion about whether or not the stalker was moving towards Egon is kind of what this whole thing's all about. Because if he were stepping towards him into you know both in a threatening manner and Uh, stepping into the threshold of the house, then I think Egon would get off for self-defense sort of automatically. And I think uh, it really does speak to Egon's truthfulness, because, like, why wouldn't he say he was stepping towards me? He was coming into the house. I don't buy that gunshot residue would say anything about whether he was flat-footed or not. And I don't think there's enough there with footprints to prove it either way. So he's basing that on Egon said he was flat footed. All he had to do, and he's a lawyer, so all he knew, like he took a step fo- towards me. I felt threatened. I killed him. He stepped uh, a foot towards me and into my home. I killed him. He fell backwards. That's where he ended up. It, like there's nothing, it, 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 we wouldn't even be here. honesty Get the man. the
6: police to do something,
0: that'll fuck protect you every them time. Mr.
6: Breyer. They did. And how did you respond?
1: We advised them to seek a restraining order. Ask Gordon Sondland.
6: (laughs) Yeah, right. To your knowledge, they got a restraining order, didn't they? Yes, they did. And yet, here was Mr. Breyer again coming to their house. That seems to be the case. And this Mr. Breyer, he had a police record, correct? That's correct. Three assault convictions, one battery with a...
1: I need... uh, Sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. I love that we make jokes about the fan. It's awesome. I'm glad we bring it up. But why do they keep it in the shot? It's been three seasons in this courtroom. Well, why do we need I, the giant industrial fan?
0: Well, I think it's they. It's just part of the courtroom set, just like a lighting fixture. It just lives there. I don't think they're like taking it out and putting it back between every episode. So,
1: like, do you think like every this is single an actual director comes in, you know, we need a, we need a
0: giant fan.
1: They shooting in a courtroom. They're just the fan is there for the courtroom, or is this a set? It's a set. Oh, it's definitely a set. The big fan and okay. Oh, set there.
6: Did you also have knowledge that he was a paranoid schizophrenic? I have knowledge of it today. Yes, I do. If he were harassing you, detective, and he rang your doorbell one night, would you answer the door without your gun? Probably not.
0: Thank you. Good lawyering. Some of the best. Mm-hmm.
11: Testing in the biz, baby.
2: Would you shoot him five times? No, I wouldn't. Also good lawyering.
11: The witness may step down. Mr. Bullock?
1: Jim J. Bullock, Center
11: Square.
2: The Commonwealth rests, Your Honor.
0: Wow. Oh, snap. Slow zoom into Bobby. Isn't that to
1: the defense? Doesn't that help the defense? Or they're just trying to say it's open shut the prosecution? Well, because the underscoring tells me as a viewer that I should be concerned for the
0: team. Yeah. Well, it really depends. I mean, because I guess it doesn't uh preclude them from any avenues for defense i guess maybe they just because they're so confident that there's really nothing here to debate uh in terms of the prosecution
1: my cat is yeah interesting it's a good point okay get out of here man You're what's not up the, cat he's we have a co-host today
0: we do
5: Maybe it's good.
6: It's not good. You don't just put up one witness in a murder trial. So what are they up to? My bet is they're saving their case for rebuttal, hoping to get you in a lie. Mm.
5: But he's admitted everything. What's to impeach? there
6: you go. Is there anything? No. Well, if you make a single mistake of fact up there, they'll put up the coroner or whoever to paint it as a lie. That's what this is about. Smart.
5: Except if we don't put him on, those experts can't testify at all now.
6: They satisfied their burden. He, he has to go up. Go over the autopsy reports with him. I gotta get a hold of Dr. Matthews and our weapons guy. They could be taking the standby tomorrow. I'll see you after lunch.
0: Okay, so that sort of explains why they're concerned. Oh, God. Guys, they're watching porn in the office again. Oriental porn? This isn't that perverted. Right. Well, I mean, at
10: least it's film. Some of the stuff on videotape.
8: That last scene had some sadomasochism going on.
10: You
5: have to suppress this, Eleanor.
10: Well, you can get this late night on Showtime. I mean, what's the...
0: Oh, not that you can't.
5: If this gets admitted to evidence...
10: Okay.
1: Jimmy's, Jimmy's basement is flooded.
0: <laughs> okay, well, all right. Oh, boy, sorry, everybody, for having so much of this episode be about porn. So uh, I actually went back and examined this. Oh, you know what? Keep it rolling. There's one more piece before I address you' George this.
8: is going to look like a let's sicko. Let's mark up a motion to suppress. Jimmy, I could use that research you did. They did allude it. that oh, it's I partially it right soft core, though. You know, I think Show two time. women
10: together can be sensual. <laughs> well, great. We'll uh, call did you
0: out to suppress. you that? <laughs> he just said, I think two women together can be sensual. It can okay. be. Okay. Uh, 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 for sure. But let's just... If you go back and look at that footage, because I did, because that's my job, because we're professionals... Uh, A. Kissing on the was, neck. It was very clearly a woman and a man. It was not two women. Two, that was stereotypical Asian music, but both actors were clearly white. C. That was clearly on video, not film. And it's like whoever pulled the footage never got the script. Well, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Like, all of the... Everything they talked about was wrong about what they were seeing. Ugh! Ah!
7: Uh, ah! Uh. <laughs> he would call. He would drive by the house. <laughs> I'm
0: not even gonna play the bumper because that
7: was, was just too upsetting. He he oh, Why I just call. think
1: porno sounds are so funny. Did
6: you talk to him?
7: Well, first we answered, but then we knew better than to pick up. So he began leaving messages. What kind of messages? Well, most of them were along the lines of...
1: Most of them were just him going, Ah! Uh,
0: ah!
1: Uh.
0: I I need a bumper for I quit the podcast. (laughs) Do we have that? No, man, we swore a blood oath.
7: uh, You think you're better than I am because you're rich, but money can't buy your health, you know. He'd say that all the time. And when you got the restraining order? Well, it stopped for a few weeks, then. Well, one morning I went out and I saw the garage had been broken into, my car had been scraped, a window had been smashed. Mr. Breyer did it. Well, we can only assume... He
1: he keyed your car? You better shoot that fucker in the head.
7: Brian? A few days later, we were watching television at night. Keith, oh, it's God, it's another
0: bad 90s black and white flashback. Got up to go to the kitchen. I need a theme for that. And there oh. he was at the window. So what did you
1: do? Now that's scary as hell.
7: Totally. I called the police. They said they'd arrest him. Did they? No. Or the next night.
1: Now, can they. What are you doing, cat? <laughs> Your cat is bored. Oh, man. He is just wreaking havoc. Can they admit the black and white footage into evidence? Because <laughs> it's very yeah. helpful to his case.
0: You know, we had a whole camera crew here that night. <laughs> We're doing some very classy black home. and white. We're going to do very, it in French. It's very We're noir. It's it barely dark. And suddenly. Meredith yelled, he's back. And like the footage is all choppy because it's in slow I motion. We've mentioned this before, but like coming up the walkway. They're doing slow motion so and something do? shot oh, wait, at 30 he's frames a second. I went and
7: got my gun. You keep a gun. Well, I bought it because of this man. A loaded gun in
6: the and closet just on the shelf. Gun,
7: was it your intent to use it? My intent was to let him know I was armed and I would use it to protect myself or my family. So what happened? I opened the door and he—he
0: he held up my cat. The fakest stuffed dead. cat I've ever seen. It looked as if it was strangled. You know, I actually have a point to make on that uh, because yes, it is a terribly bad fake cat that has been murdered. But then I, you know, I thought about that and I realized I really appreciate that when there's dead animals or abused animals it on tv and films it looks really fake because i think i would find it too upsetting if it looked real so i like i get i get why they're doing it and frankly i appreciate it you want to dismember a person realistically fine but a cat i think it would hurt my heart
1: yeah you're you're splitting the hair there i don't know that that was intentional you're giving them i think a little more credit than
0: they deserve but i could be wrong well, Well, but it's so universal. Like, every movie, every TV show, it always looks bad. And I I almost think it might be on purpose, not necessarily on a case-by-case basis, but in general. I think perhaps they've tested some audiences and realized that it's too upsetting to have it be realistic-looking.
1: I mean, I I do agree with the appreciation. In fact, I finished a video game recently where my character dies... And that was, you know, sad, but I kind of expected it. But right before he dies, his horse gets shot.
0: Oh, you got there, huh?
1: And that, I needed to pause the game and take a moment.
0: Did you cry? I cried.
1: Well, I, because I, first of all, I got that horse early on. I I rode out to the mountains, which was like a 20-minute journey, and spent hours, almost an entire day, searching for this really rare horse. After procuring the horse, I then spent the next 65 hours of my life with this horse. Keeping it safe, all these things, and then so when it died, I was
0: moved. Yeah, yeah, me too. My horse and was named Denmark. Charlie. What was your horse named? Persephone. Persephone. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's you know we're not you know what we're not going to say what the name of the game is, so because it's a major spoiler. But mm-hmm. if you've played the game, you know exactly what we're talking about.
1: Yeah. I finished the epilogue too. I mean, I, I put about eighty hours total in. You're right. It's
0: it is. A masterpiece.
1: In fact, I started playing Jedi Fallen Order last night, which is another video game that's just come out. Um, in a universe I love. I love Star Wars. The game is really well made, but there's a difference between a perfectly made game where it's it's just the animation is so perfect, everything's perfect, and then just like a good video game. But the gulf between them going one to the other is just epic.
0: Oh, I mean, the amount of effort and work and money and time they put into that. And this anyway. has been
1: video games.
7: video games He dropped it at my feet said, Aww. something seems to be wrong with your cat
1: Your puppet cat
7: and the next thing I remember, I was raising my gun, pointing it at him. I threatened him. I told him if he ever tried to hurt us, and how did he respond he, he, he mocked me. How could he hurt us? He was just a mouse and then then he said maybe it was a mouse that got your cat and that's and I really creepy see
0: it plus I feel bad for the eyes. guy the actor he was because going they did voiceover us. for all his lines so technically he's an extra the next thing I remember the gun was going off
7: and he was falling backwards Meredith was screaming and he was lying there <gasps> oh my god bleeding.
1: this flashback is everything his wife's reaction in slow motion
6: Yes. Professor Pearson.
1: I don't want to take away from an excellent performance by Egon here.
0: Yes. Edward Herman, <laughs> for those of you Did counting you at home. you shoot this man? I don't know.
7: You don't know? Well, I felt myself getting angry, and I looked at the cat, and my hand, it just clenched, and I was squeezing the gun, and bullets were coming out it was not something I decided to do
1: is he is he on trial for first degree murder
0: for second I believe degree? it'd be second degree it just it just happened <laughs> got some real ass tears going on there f- and there's nothing
1: more there's nothing to me more powerful than someone holding it back you know what I mean he's fighting it
0: yeah Give me
2: Good one reason, reason I should speak to you.
1: And now, out of nowhere, Eugene is somewhere. He's in a kitchen with fruit and a man, and I have literally no idea who this is.
0: Well, hopefully, we're going to find out. More the reason is, to. I don't think
10: George Wogman killed your daughter. Ah, there we go. You're being paid to think that. I get paid to represent him. What I think isn't a
1: Father sale. of the young lady's head. Yeah. <laughs>
0: This dad to a only partially Legoed lady is played by, where am I? Oh, Francis X. McCarthy, who you could know from uh, Dear White People, Interstellar, NYPD Blue, Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, Basketball, and Deep Impact.
1: This is a father who is deeply regretting his 50th birthday wish that his daughter would get ahead in life.
10: Given the circumstances, it's pretty easy to be convinced that Mr. Vogelman is involved. I'm I here making that. room for the possibility that the real killer is still out there. That's why I've come to talk. The people I've spoken with, they say that it's not normal behavior for Susan to go to some bar alone. It isn't. Well, could she have been upset about something? Uh, Mr. Vogelman said that when he first started speaking with her, she seemed sad. Is it possible... That she could have gone to the bar to drown out some kind of sorrow? I don't know. What about her boyfriend? Were things good between them?
11: I think so. I... I
2: know she loved him, which is another reason she wouldn't be going to some motel with a guy she met in a bar.
10: Well, could they have had a fight? I mean, I mean, heard was she about depressed about that going to a bar? To see, she was depressed. I, I doubt it was about her boyfriend, Mr. Young.
2: was just diagnosed with liver cancer I don't have much time but I still don't think she would deal with that by going to a bar
9: that's wrong we did together. well they've got witnesses saying you didn't we didn't walk out the door together I went first because my car was parked a ways off I went to get it I drove back to pick her up
8: did anybody see her get in the car with you
9: I don't know what they think I abducted her now
8: why did you go to a motel George
9: George is starting to annoy
1: the living hell out of me. You know what I mean? Like, you're on trial for murdering and decapitating someone. Stop being so incredulous and think a little harder.
0: Yeah, no, that's 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 true. I mean, like, I understand being frustrated if you didn't do it. totally By the unfairness of the situation. But the incredulity that people are treating you like that based on what they know it's it's. Uh, yeah I agree it's not fair
9: you've got your place she has hers why a motel what? it seemed more romantic I don't know my place was a mess too many videotapes strewn about you know what Eleanor I'm just asking the yeah, questions you know they'll what? be asking if you have any questions cool. to my innocence get up and walk away I'll find somebody else She had her head cut off. For God's sakes!
0: Yeah, I'm like aware you brought it into my Fifteenth guest artist. star to cry artist. this episode. We just talked it over ourselves. I have fun.
8: a motion scheduled to suppress the videotapes. We don't want them coming into evidence.
1: Now, if the if the porno isn't snuff films where your people are cutting off body parts and and having sex with decapitated bodies, I don't know what. Real? What do they show that he's a, a
0: deviant? Well, I, and again, I think that speaks to how we thought about it in 1998. It was like if you got caught with a porno tape, you were some sort of I freak, have no
1: doubt. But you could get a DJ in the 20s. Oval Office, and you don't—you get a slap on the wrist. <laughs> well, I mean, impeachment's more than that, but I
0: got slapped on more than the wrist.
1: Yes, I'm glad we could get we could get Billy in today.
0: I'm always here.
8: Is there anything else you need? Anybody I can call for you?
9: No.
1: Ooh, an
0: exterior. Nice. Yeah, they've got a lot more You b- say roll. that, that your hand just
2: squeezed and bullets started coming out. Yes. Did you squeeze just once or did you squeeze
7: five times? I don't remember. You don't remember. I was probably in shock, Mr. Bullock, and rage. The man had killed my cat. I was thinking probably he'd kill me, maybe my wife. Did you think he was
2: about to kill you or your wife when you pulled the trigger? Well, no, not at that second, but... So you do have some memory of what you were thinking. And you did pull the trigger. I didn't consciously pull it. It just went off. Five times? Yes. See, this is what I have a problem with. The squeeze, release, the squeeze and 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 release, which I am told is the only way this weapon could possibly have gone off five times. Now, I have here the gun, though it's not loaded. Could you take this, please? <laughs> That's good. Oh. Ejection. He's already described what happened. I'd like him to demonstrate.
11: I'll allow it. You've got to be kidding I'll me. i allow it. Yeah, but then Sit he just down,
0: he opened the door by saying yeah. he remembered a piece of it.
2: Could you stand up, Mr. Pearson, and step out? This
1: is very theatrical and very smart.
2: Good lawyering. Mm-hmm. I would like you to show us exactly how you were holding this gun when it went off five times.
1: Could you please hold up my dead cat? Another fan. Little fan. <laughs> little fan.
2: Could you squeeze, please? It's not loaded.
9: Objection! Counsel, what else are you
4: looking for?
2: I'd like him to make it click five times, Your Honor, see how this possibly could have happened.
11: Please show us, Mr. Pearson.
1: This is it. This is bad. Click, 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 click. fighting tears having a memory man he's
0: acting the living hell out of this thank you Mr. Pierce well and I think that's really interesting okay because there's a couple of things going on there one he obviously knows that his life depends on proving that he would shoot it super fast and he did not just shoot that like his life depended on it because like believe me I'd be like as fast as I Mm -hmm. possibly can that's not what happened there but you see on his face, uh, thanks to the terrific performance of Edward Herman, that he, the character, is starting to doubt his own beliefs. Like you could see the, the the rush of guilt coming over him and the doubt in what you know in his own behavior there, which I thought was a really effective moment for him.
1: Uh, I thought there was a, a neat little directorial choice there to actually during the aftermath of that beat to show the judge. and she, of course, with another stellar performance, as we always herald, is sort of giving us a lot of facial acting of that realization that oh, this is a turning point. Maybe I shouldn't have allowed it. it. it was it was interesting
0: a lot of regret coming on, which I think is interesting. And back, please It was pretty damning. Yeah. moment there
1: we haven't seen Bobby call his experts or anything like that yet
11: not yet I'll say he possibly could have become violent I won't go any further than that this is the shrink of the killer I am victim. limited That's to right. the truth
0: played by Mark Harrier. am
11: I not yes I'll see you at the courthouse
5: doctor we don't want you to do anything but tell the truth You don't know Anderson Pearson. There's no other way to say this. He needs you desperately.
0: Now, anytime you say the sentence, hey, I just want you to tell the truth. But? And then there's a comma, and then a but? (laughs) I think you're undercutting what you're saying. You'd never want to finish tell the truth with a but. Well, I mean...
1: You might as well at this point when you're going to hand him a check one way or the other.
0: Well, I don't think they're paying the therapist. They're paying the gunner. Where guy. are we on SRAM? Same.
6: He'll say the gun could have possibly... put the light trigger in the slightest squeeze.
5: He sunk himself.
6: It's not over. We still need only one juror. All he had to do was stick with I don't remember. I guess we should have coached him a little better.
5: Bobby, we did everything but suborn perjury as it was. Also,
0: he's a brilliant lawyer. He knows knows what he did. He knows
5: what really happened.
1: Maybe he's come around. Maybe after all those years defending the tobacco company, he decided that he wanted to be honest in one part of his life.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think he is being honest. It's not working in his favor, and he's smart enough to know that his honesty is not helping him, but he's still doing it, so kudos.
5: Our job is still the same. We just need to find one juror to pretend otherwise. Like you say, this isn't over.
8: The videotapes would have no relevance whatsoever except a comment on my client's character, which is totally inadmissible.
1: We'd be offering the tapes only to show a pattern, Your Honor. A pattern? Some of the tapes involve sexual scenes which border on sadomasochism. We believe we can show a statistical correlation between the men who commit
11: sex crimes.
8: This is so ridiculous. Can I finish? I don't think you can. This is a homicide case. It is not a sex crime.
11: We don't know that, Counsel.
8: There is no evidence of rape or nor forced... nor
11: is there any conclusive evidence that the intercourse didn't occur after she was headless. Oh shit.
8: Your honor, that sounds like your issue. As an judge. officer of this court, I must go on. <laughs> I record think it really I'm disgust does. ...disgust
11: with that comment. Take exception all you want, but the fact remains.
8: The police We have should released. talk about. Judge. Judge. Who's
11: Who? sex? Who is
0: that? Judge with a very dark imagination is Frank Burney from The Office, Six Feet Under, Roswell, Dave, Critters 2, Chud 2, and he's going to do 14 episodes of The Practice, and then three more on Boston Legal, same universe, same characters, but he will be playing a different judge. Why is that happening? Probably because of character payments. Because when a writer invents a character in one episode and that character gets reused, that writer gets a royalty payment for having used that character again. I may have mentioned it before. So that was probably a cost-cutting measure to change his name on the next show.
1: Cause people are cheap! Cheap!
8: In such a scenario, I doubt they even considered it.
11: Maybe they should.
8: Under the heading, that depravity too can be in the eye of the beholder. I would ask that you be recused from this case. I can tell you, George Vogelman could not be capable of having such a sick thought. I would hate for him to be in the hands of a judge who could be.
10: Look, we're getting way off track now. The issue today is these videotapes.
11: I want to see the specific tapes we are talking about before I You would, Eleanor? Eleanor. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, dude. I will see the tapes in question, then I will
1: rewind them and see them again.
11: I'll make my ruling. In and 10 rewi- increments. <laughs> <laughs> I will
1: have the court stenographer bring me two rolls of Downey extra ply, <laughs> one <laughs> bottle of Jergens, and these tapes, and Mike and Indiglio's vid- VHS tape rewinder. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: right, <laughs> from Mike's basement.
5: Defense calls Dr. Walter Matthews to the stand.
2: Sidebar, Your Honor. We object to this witness on grounds of relevance. What's your offer of proof?
1: Now, this might be a little out of line, Keith. That might be. I, it,
0: I, believe me, whatever line you're talking about, we have crossed this episode. Is it me? Or does Linda Hunt have weird ears? She does have uniquely shaped ears. I, I, I will give you that. I will. I would like to uh,
1: withdraw my last comment and go with uniquely shaped, as you have.
2: <laughs> we love you, Linda. We object to this witness on grounds of relevance. What's your offer of proof?
5: Dr. Matthews will testify that Mr. Breyer posed a risk of danger to my client and his family.
2: Which might be relevant if you were arguing self defense, but under the theory that Mr. Pearson involuntarily pulled the trigger, the victim's state of mind has no meaning. I agree. Your Honor. Oh. Panic, fear, anger, it all factored into my client clenching onto that gun. To the extent
11: that the victim posed a risk of bodily harm. You're trying to squeeze in self defense, counsel. We're not. The only thing relevant is your client's state of
1: mind. They're getting this cut off at the knees to to at that. every turn. really This witness will really opposed
5: by the victim, which goes to Anderson Pearson's state of mind. And I'm not That's sure. Please nice try. You are shutting
11: down our whole defense. I'm shutting down
4: this guy.
11: He's not
5: relevant. I want our objection noted for the record. I don't
0: know why they can't argue self So noted. Step back. Other than Doctor Matthews, it's very pres- it's very likely the jury would take it. But I don't think that's enough to but, shut down the defense.
1: Yeah, I don't... I, st- I guess we'd have to revisit two episodes ago, but I still don't understand it, right? Like,
0: Well, I, I, I think her argument was that it's just very likely that because of who he is, the juries would, would take that. It's sort of like a get-out-of-jail-free card because she's guessing that because he's likable, because it's understandable... That it really wouldn't give the prosecution a fair shot.
1: So if I'm ca- a charismatic dude, I can never use self defense.
0: Uh, that's what we're saying. But luckily, you're not. So. Oh snap! No, that was. <laughs>
10: Get out of my face, Eugene. I, I think
0: in you're your charismatic. Face- dude. No one I, in your you guys, I would your face. I would. I like would let you off. I don't
10: care if he's a judge. point What the- is to win a motion. You taking on a judge doesn't help. We already lost in- the motion. You don't know that. What happened? She went ballistic on a judge I in open court. I did not go
8: ballistic. All right. He suggested that my client had sex with a headless corpse. I'm
10: supposed to th-
0: Maybe he did us a favor. You know, Eugene, you're what? not exactly on good well, ground for losing it on a things. judge.
10: Eleanor, this was a beautiful woman That's with a the boyfriend. Point. You ever ask yourself what the hell she's doing with George? Maybe you just assume a pretty girl would go to a motel with a schlub like him, but the jury won't. You keep looking at this and saying, of course he's innocent, but you're the only one doing that. And if you don't get some perspective real fast, then at least be a good lawyer and a good friend and tell George to hire himself a new attorney, because he didn't have
0: a good one in court today. Also a good point.
1: Now, is there any element of Eleanor here that's, well, he was into me, so he can't be a, a perv?
0: I don't think so. I mean, she's certainly taking his it's side, ext- but I think it's more based on the relationship that they had over the phone.
1: So do you think that she was grounded in the courtroom, or do you think she lost her head in there?
11: No, she totally lost her head. Extremely light trigger. This is a sophisticated and you sensitive firearm. You don't usually uh, now you heard Mr. Pearson put a lot of points the with the
0: judge by his hand accusing him of being a trigger necrophiliac.
11: Trigger and five shots fired.
1: That's true. I just wanted to say lost her head.
11: Is that possible, Mr. <laughs> oh, If he squeezed the it. trigger one time, it would not be possible for the weapon to discharge five times, no.
1: Uh, their own expert witness just blew them up. Yep. Yeah. Is it your testimony
11: that it's impossible, Mr. Schramm? The way he described it. I think what happened was this. His hand seized up a little, and it trembled, causing the fingers to, to shake. Maybe even twitch a little bit. If that happened, it's not only possible for the gun to go off again and again. I would consider it likely. Likely. Yeah, you have to understand, this gun has an automatic recoil. If his hand is trembling, pulling at the trigger, but not pulling too hard, it will recoil automatically and fire automatically. It's extremely plausible.
0: All right. No, he did earn his his money after all, and now he has earned his... (laughs) gun guy guy who didn't lie but said it's maybe likely he sorta of lied that gun guy is played by Lindsay Ginter from Argo, Lost, Gattaca X-Files, Beverly Hills Cop 3 and happily he played Savedra in Memorial on the episode of Star Trek Voyager uh Star Trek UNNECESSARY STAR TREK REFERENCE! The line
11: must be drawn. I found it. Thank you. Not only do I reject that likelihood, I'm offended by Mr. Schramm's testimony. Why is that, sir? As manufacturer of this particular firearm, I take exception to the notion that these weapons just go off with the tremble of a finger. It's preposterous.
5: You have to pull. Semi-automatic or not. Of course, if these guns could go off with a trembling squeeze, you might be exposed to a massive product liability action. Which is
2: one of the reasons we wouldn't let the gun be so temperamental.
5: And also a reason you'd be sitting in court spouting that it could never happen. Good one.
6: I can't say the morning went well, but Shram was much better than I ever thought. The trembling fingers, he could have bought us reasonable doubt.
7: So where are we?
6: I would love to be able to put on a witness who saw your hand start to shake. The wife. If we had that to back up Shram's testimony, Plus, will she we do could it? He, will she do
1: it?
0: Otherwise,
6: I think we're still behind.
0: He totally just suborned perjury there.
4: Well, I saw his handshake.
0: There it is.
1: Discount double check. Are you sure?
4: I'm positive.
1: Yeah, Mrs. Egon. She gonna lie. Good. Do it. Make
0: it so.
6: Then you're up next.
0: Number one. It's, make it so. Make it so. Yeah, like they totally just told her to lie. She agreed to lie, and they all know <laughs> this is what's gonna happen here. And if they wanted to
1: play it ambig- ambiguously, they didn't do a good job because they all had weird, stern faces on and played
4: that music.
0: Yeah, they sure did.
4: B-roll. He was pointing the gun and I could just see his face going red.
6: Did you say anything to your husband? No. He's pointing the gun. I said, honey, your hands are trembling. His face is going red and you didn't say (laughs) anything. Stop
4: shaking. Like, put the gun down? No. I thank God he had that gun. Otherwise, I didn't know what that man would do to us.
6: Mrs. Pearson, tell us What you saw next?
4: Everything seemed to go in slow motion. And then? I mean, she
1: can claim that she felt like she was being defended.
4: Sure. Anderson's hand started to shake. Not a lot, but he was trembling. He was standing there like a statue. And then suddenly, bullets just started coming out.
6: Mrs. Pearson, your husband... Is on trial here for executing a man.
4: And I'm telling you, that's not how it happened. He is the most gentle man on earth. His hand. I would ask you to put yourself in his position.
0: More tears. But it would be impossible. Every guest star is so. bringing it.
1: Can we have an all skate oopsie? Thank you.
0: That's <laughs> true. How about the casting director should get an oopsie? Also, like that's a really good double performance for her because mm-hmm. is the actress playing the character, but also you the character is much. lying. Maybe. Yes. And you don't ish. want to see. I wouldn't go say to maybe. I'd be-
1: say ish. Oh, She's lying not. ish.
2: When the police yeah. asked you that night, what happened? You didn't tell them anything about any shaking hand.
4: Did you? I was in shock that night.
2: Oh.
1: Nothing further. I don't think that was a good cross. I think she was a very effective witness.
3: Ish. I'm not sure what else
0: he had to work with, though. Other than, like, implying that she's lying, but he can't prove it. He could have badgered her, her a little bit. General apologize
8: for what happened this morning.
0: I
9: just
8: lost it in there. When the judge
9: said... I know. Thank you for losing it. Okay, George.
8: It's brutal truth time.
1: Did you have sex with that...
8: The idea that you could do what happened to that girl. Ah. Not only can I not believe it, but it might be impossible for me to believe it. You and I talked on the phone every night for a month. We shared some of our most intimate secrets. And the idea that I could have, you know, not seen.
9: What are you saying?
8: I'm admitting that maybe I had some denial myself. Obviously, I don't want to admit that I could misjudge somebody, so it's just possible that some of my own denial is what caused me. I'm not sure
1: looks pretty bad
0: George about my innocence also you sued her so like yeah
1: he is a little nuts he's a little I'm nuts. Not necessarily sure that I can trust myself too
8: forget about what I believe forget about what you want me to believe you are in trouble and you could go away for it and your very best chance at not going away is by telling me the truth
9: No, Eleanor but it doesn't really matter, does. It? If I can't convince you, what chance do I have with twelve strangers?
1: So he's either innocent or almost as uh sociopathic as our boy lariquette
0: He's a good performer, yeah. I mean, the music right. is, doing, is doing our, like, we... I forgot what... La- it's, it's, it's this thing. Yeah. Which is their, like, you're a good guy theme. Mm-hmm. Like we're supposed to feel good about it So, I don't know Interesting
1: Oh, we got a tear from Alador now Everybody
2: We could drink the tears Of this episode <laughs> We all know what really happened
0: Oh, wait when Mr. It's, it's closing cl- time Time to put your key. Can- Mr. it's you instead
2: closing time. Barr <laughs> killed that cat, it was the last straw. Can we understand why Anderson Pearson pulled that trigger? Of course. Who amongst us wouldn't be tempted? He'd had enough. I don't think the defense counsel really expects you to believe that he involuntarily pulled the trigger. This all comes down to a simple bet. The defense is wagering that you will say, to hell with the law, and endorse a vigilante. We bet, we hope. You won't.
1: They should go with the vigilante clothes, Keith. Listen, if this was Batman up here, and the Joker came to his door... Yeah? Should Batman kill the Joker, would you find him innocent? That would be my clothes, Keith. I would then summarily be fired.
6: (laughs) I'm glad you're not my lawyer. How dare anybody say we all know.
1: Um, sir, this case is uh, about Keith being sued over uh, copyright infringement for one of his musicals. Uh, I don't know why you're bringing up Batman and, and <laughs> murdering the Joker.
0: <laughs> it's Angela Lansbury versus... None e. of us can pretend to know what that moment Not must the first have been time. Like. When a man who has stalked you
6: A man who has vandalized your property, a man who is a diagnosed violent schizophrenic, shows up at your front door, says he won't hurt you because he's just a a mouse.
0: I hate... I hate to object in the middle of closing time, but he just brought up that the victim was schizophrenic. Except for they didn't get the therapist on the stand. So, at no point did they establish that the victim was schizophrenic. Therefore, it's inadmissible in the closing. The other lawyer would absolutely object to that. That was not stipulated to. Also the not mouse relevant. You strangled your cat. We
6: all know. Like, normal thought patterns go through your head at a moment like this. You heard Meredith Pearson tell you an hour ago.
1: I mean, it... it- it is not out of the realm of possibility that this was filmed out of sequence, and this was filmed first, and they added that other bit later.
0: It's possible. They also... Lindsay brings it up in the opening as well, which also would have been objected to, I imagine. But, I don't know, it's interesting.
1: Well, yeah.
0: It would be impossible to put
6: yourself into my client's position. His hands started to tremble.
1: Bobby's giving you the...
6: His fingers slightly seized.
0: The, the old gun shaky hand. You heard Anderson finger, Pearson tell you that. Put the gun at the jury. Meredith
1: Pearson saw it. John Schramm, an expert on this weapon. Keith, you know what they say, the long, the old adage. If the hand does shake, the defense you must take.
6: Showed you how this kind of tremble <laughs> with the light trigger and the auto <laughs> recoil could cause this exact result. Can't Roll argue up. with that. Like my associate predicted at the very start, the prosecution stayed far away from asking who's the good guy here, because that we do know. Anderson Pearson is no criminal. That we do know. The question here is, are you going to hand him a life sentence, because we all know? It's just so easy, isn't it?
10: I don't know if that
1: was that great of a close. If the head's in a bag, he killed the hag.
0: <laughs> it's not even the right case. <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm just trying to come up with one in, in, in advance.
1: <laughs> I don't think they're sold it was a good close either.
0: The music doesn't say so, no. <laughs> What does
1: the music
0: say? Also, why is that room filled with stage smoke?
6: (laughs) I think we got a chance at reasonable doubt. But what Bullock said, it rang pretty true in there. I'd like to offer manslaughter right now. Parole, you'd be out in three years.
0: It's crazy for us to roll with the alternative. I think Bobby's right.
6: Prison? Three years is better than 18 to life, Meredith. Professor.
10: Professor.
11: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, he knows. That's tough. He literally just, like... Said, okay, I'll go to jail for three years. But I think he's right. He's, he's thinking like a professor. It's pragmatic.
1: I mean, he might be out, you know, in a year and a half.
0: Totally. Is ticking.
1: They're not going to take it, it. Could
0: come back. I'm tempted. We both
6: win with Manslaughter Gavin. Three years. He shouldn't do more. He shouldn't do less. I think he should do more, Bobby.
0: Four? Oh, Bobby, you're negotiating with yourself. Four and a half? You're desperate. I'm going to
2: reject the offer.
0: You really think they want to put him away?
2: Do they want to? No. But will they?
1: One of the dynamics I love, it's not just this show, it's it's kind of, many shows do it, but this show does it very well, is it, it shows the stakes of these cases. And then it shows that there are actual human relationships that are playing out behind the scenes as well. These two lawyers are, I don't want to call them friends, but they're colleagues, the people yep. who work with each other, and they are wagering and and offer making offers on people's lives behind the scenes, and their relationships with each other come into play.
0: Well, it's like the highest stakes poker game. And I like...
1: This this particular portrayal specifically because usually for dramatic purposes there is an antagonistic relationship between the two councils. Right. But here these guys clearly aren't against each other. They're they're I don't want to say they're buddy buddy, but it's 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 congenial.
0: Yeah, and 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 it's clear that one of them has a hand that is more likely to pan out than the other. We don't know who has the better hand, but we know you know based on the flop that uh that Bobby has the worst odds of having it pan out here. I'm staying with Murder 2. He's all in. He's all in.
8: You should have seen his face, Eugene. When I doubted him, he just fell from the inside out. I might as well have pronounced him dead.
10: You believe he's innocent?
1: I know it, Eugene. Mm, you, you think? I know it. You have, a, you have a gut feeling.
10: Then we fight for him, Eleanor. Somebody else did it, we go to work on finding out who. We fight.
1: Will you first
8: chair? I think I'm too close.
10: I'll first cheer. You are. And we'll win.
1: Feel, what's this weird feeling? People making the proper decisions. I know, it's so, yeah. it's so bizarre. so bizarre.
3: at the same time. The the unit, right? Mr. Donald, are you feeling confident about an acquittal? We have nothing to say. Please excuse us. the jury came back so quickly? <laughs> <laughs>
1: quickly's not good.
0: They're always surprised the jury came back quickly. We only have 45 minutes, people.
10: Are televising you? She let cameras in for the verdict.
1: How long were they out? Man, the judge in? really... She really feels like she went against Bobby at every corner here. Even letting cameras in?
0: For the, yeah, for the verdict, which, does that happen? I guess it must.
1: Two hours.
8: What does that mean? Guilty.
3: Bring them in.
1: I'm I'm a little mad at her, I gotta be honest.
0: Well, write her a letter. Write that fictional character from twenty years of, twenty years ago. Send her an objection. I wanna be the bailiff in all these episodes.
3: Will the defendant, please rise? the
11: author. Awesome. Madam Fourperson, the jury has reached its verdict. I've got butterflies. We have your honor. What say you?
8: Commonwealth versus Anderson Pearson on the charge of murder in the second degree. We find the defendant Anderson Pearson guilty. No!
3: Oh. The bailiff will take the defendant into custody. Oh, God. Oh. Members of the jury, all right. we thank you Please. for your service. Oh, It'll
2: be all right. Please. Don't worry. About Look me. out!
3: This matter is adjourned. So, Egon's
6: going to jail. We'll appeal, we'll explore whatever options.
0: Okay. She put him away, Judge put him away. (laughs) <laughs> well, I think she's torn between... She either put him away or let him off. She didn't have much of a choice. To have it. Why is there a mini-fridge in the back of the court? They want, like, a nice Coke Zero during the court. There seems to be a microwave over there. Some boxes.
1: Long crane shot pan out.
0: Okay! Okay! We have just gotten ourselves through the practice season three episode for the Defenders. Wow. Pretty crazy. Wow. And uh, still a lot left to be adjudicated. But for us, it's time for... Ladies and gentlemen,
1: the Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie. The Oopsies. Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and
0: Mike. Well. What the hell are the Oopsies? You know, I'd done like four episodes before I stomped on the tag. Well, at least Ugh. you stomp before she... There's that little pause, so you... It's a little... I, I The dead air, I can't handle it. I know, you know I know. You're a pro. As, <laughs> <laughs> as an entirely amateur uh, internet broadcaster, the dead air, I have to jump in. Ah, But, instead of dead air, we're going to talk about the... <laughs> This is not easy. You don't think?
1: I think Bobby and and Lindsey have to not win.
0: Right, because they lost.
1: I think Frutt did a lot of good work. And I think that ADA Gavin Bullock, played by Stephen Gilborn, took, like we said, he went all in on his, he, he rested his case very early. He, he took a lot of chances. He made a lot of strategic decisions and ended up winning his case. I think he ends up being the most valuable lawyer.
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, he killed it. Like, he 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 had a really difficult case. Now, he did have an assist from, uh, from Judge Hiller uh, in terms of not being able to argue self-defense. But I thought, not only did he win, but the arguments that we saw him make, the tactics that we saw him use... He did really well and and by the end it was clear he had outmaneuvered bobby and Lindsay. so congratulations to ada gavin bullock for your first oopsie award really uh excellent work now this one is going to be tough already famous because you've been on tv getting a paycheck or the first entry on your imdb way to go and you're the best Wow, well, you played like three different instruments while you danced to that. <laughs> you had That's the true. drums, you had the bass. I don't know if you had the guitar, but it was, it was impressive, your whole, the whole band. <sighs> All right, well, let's talk through it because we had one best guest nominee who just did a terrific lawyering job, and then we had three guests give us real tears in the same episode.
1: We did. I think that I can't find it on my IMDB breakdown here. Who played Mrs. Egon? (laughs)
0: Mrs. Egon uh, was played by our very good friend Megan Cole.
1: I thought Megan Cole was really excellent in the uh in her kind of, in the last 15 minutes of the episode specifically. Yeah. But, because of having more of a stake and really playing so many hills and valleys and giving some real tears and acting through having a memory on the stand and also a pretty decent performance in a melodramatic flashback, I think that for his portrayal of the pained and guilty Anderson Pearson, I think Edward Herman is my pick?
0: Yeah, I I I, I totally agree. Um, and I th- my plan here to break the fourth wall as we're doing this time is that I was going to give it to the other one uh, based on you because I I I think both Megan Cole and Edward Herman deserve uh, recognition this week. So uh, just because you picked Edward Herman, I'm going to give it to Megan Cole for all the reasons that you uh, you gave there. So. Congratulations to the Pearsons who are splitting this week's Oopsie for Best Guest
1: Actor. And definitely need a win this week. Yeah, (laughs) they've had a bad week. Her breakdown. In fact, the scene just when he's found guilty through when he's taking out of the room. Both of their performances throughout that are so what I imagine would be realistic.
0: Well, I hope uh, the Oopsie takes this... The sting off of the murder conviction. Maybe you can take your half an oopsie into your jail cell and turn it into a shiv.
1: It might take eighteen years to get there because they <laughs> nineteen, uh, I think. Yeah, the, uh, the
0: it, it, shipping and, is know, very slow. I, I think even as convicted for second degree murder, he's probably out now. So yeah, congratulations. Yeah. All right, now it's time for. You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show.
1: Oof. A lot of great, uh, once again, I, I I love these hard decisions. I'm going to just go with what off the top of my head I thought, who I thought had a a, a chance due to writing and and her excellent performance to really explore a lot of different emotions this week. And that's going to be Cameron uh, as Eleanor this week, because we got to see anger. We got to see her looking into this man's eyes and, and trying to decide his fate. Uh, We got to see her go through guilt, go through denial, go through so many things, a rainbow of emotions. We know she's excellent. She portrayed it once again, here Cameron Manheim as Eleanor front.
0: Yeah, I, I yeah I totally agree. I thought we got some really good performances. I thought Kelly Williams' her excellent. opening statement was really excellent. Um, but yeah, no, Cameron. It, this is Cameron's episode. I think she had to do do a lot. I it's it's funny because at this point her her tears are so ready to go for any episode, whether the writing's good or whether the writing's bad. Like I, we're, I'm just sort of used to it. The, at this point, but I thought her taking control of the scene with her anger, um, earlier in the episode, I thought just felt really real and raw. And she just was sort of a bad, the character, she served the character well, because the character looked very strong and in control and using her anger for a very specific reason to help her client. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. Congratulations. Cameron Manheim. On your oopsie, which of course takes us to everybody's favorite award, the Tom Brady award for being Tom Brady. Now I have to say, uh, Tom and I are in a big fight. Um, but I can't allow, uh, our antagonism, uh, to interfere with the integrity of of this very important oopsie award. Uh so I'm gonna I'm gonna think on it for a while once you give your give your answer.
1: Well you know that I'm going into a week in which Tom's about to uh grab his own fleshlight and, and have his way with
0: have his, <laughs> Turn his way the with the Philadelphia Eagles into his own fleshlight. Yeah,
1: have his own, have his <laughs> way with me and the Eagles. So <laughs> It's a tough week for us both, I think.
0: Do not photoshop that.
1: <laughs> no there are limits. Oh, there are limits. but as you said, we do we are professionals and we have to stick to the facts and nothing but the facts. but there is some cream for this sunburn we're about to get and that I don't know what analogy that was. Oh God no this <laughs> <laughs> but... Because abort, I, abort! I remind you that we do get to post the picture that goes along with the award.
0: We we do. And by we you mean me.
1: Yeah, but you always really nail it. So I think that we need to acquiesce, take our lumps when they come, and and recognize that despite our feelings, Tom Brady still is, at the end of the day, Tom Brady.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It 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 pains me. I'm not going to I'm not going to say any more words that could be just Horrifying and disgusting, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and just say Nothing you can't see on Jimmy's uh, Showtime account.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I mean you know it's it, interesting it can plug be for Showtime too. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. Congratulations, uh, Tom Brady. Fine. Fine. The Tom Brady wins the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady because he is Tom Brady. And now. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets.
1: I'm struggling here because I I liked the episode. I loved the performances. I'm glad that we tied up one of the many loose ends we had. uh, And that I feel like we're dragging on head in a bag episode like case a little long now. Although we did kind of come to a a decision that we're going to come to a head. We're going to. Mm hmm. I don't know how I missed that. (laughs) We've made a decision that we're going to pursue it with vigor. Right. I thought that it was a great way to close the Egon case. I really expected, I kept thinking, how are we going to pull out a win here? Because we usually win. It was another great decision to have a loss. I thought it was important. Right. I'm interested to see the repercussions for Lindsay specifically, as I think it's going to hit her kind of hard. Sure. That all said we didn't really say we you know, not that everything has to have a grander point, but I didn't feel like there was anything underneath the skin here. There was one a lot of meat on the bone.
0: Sure yeah, no, it was it was very much like what's going on in the case today.
1: Mm-hmm. Which was still good. I mean it was good. I thought the performances often
0: Wait. Do you think it would be better if uh, at the end of the episode there was the? Oh, I just don't know what I'm doing in this career. Is 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 being a lawyer? Is, is that ethical? Are we doing? Are we bad people? Do you think that would help?
1: Mm, maybe somebody hanging out of a window. <laughs> <sighs> um, no, it was good. It was good. It was solid. It was a
0: seven. Seven. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. I I. Actually, I think I liked this episode a little better than you did. Um, mainly because I thought they took a case that I wasn't quite sure was interesting and made it interesting in the courtroom. Like, the Anderson Pearson case, Like I, I, I was like, it feels a little thin to me in the last episode. But this one, I felt like, oh, okay, you found some meat here. I liked, uh, the decision to have, uh, the wife lie mm-hmm. and, and sort of the ethics of that. I liked the, the beat of him facing the reality of what he's done, uh, on the stand. So I'm going to give it 7.75 tires, 7.35, <laughs> 7.75, Now three, five would be the average. I believe uh, three two five probably. Three two five. Okay. No. Well, you
1: know, I, I also yeah. liked. I also enjoyed that. W- what we also got to see here was Bobby and the team. Well, there are two things, two juxtapositions that I I want to pull out. What I thought was neat was in the Anderson Pearson case. They pulled out some of their tricks, right? They got the wife to quote unquote lie ish. Right. They got possibly. The, they got the inscrupulous expert to give his witness they manipulated the hell out of Anderson's squeezy squeezy trigger uh, right
0: uh, yeah they, they definitely got, got pretty murky ethically here
1: yeah they did their stuff and they almost got the, the therapist to testify but despite all of that the ADA was able to call one witness yeah. and have his case on rebuttal basically just kicking back against all of their tactics. Even Linda Hunt kicked back against their tactics and they lost.
0: Yeah. And I think it was
1: it was a a good juxtaposition to the way things usually
0: go. Indeed. Indeed. Well, and we're set up and I I was gonna say the last thing I'm gonna say, and then we need to move on with our lives, is that I I do like the serialized nature Mm -hmm. of all of this. Yes, like this this episode felt part of a larger arc and it's just i just find it more interesting when i when i look forward to next week like what's going to happen with uh with vogelman what's going to happen w-
1: yeah that's the other point to, to put a to put a point on it uh the to, to juxtapose them and all their murky business getting shut down on the flip of that we see it become really important to eleanor that she can only really fight f- full throttled for uh what's his name um george george if she knows that he's innocent and believes that he's innocent and once she does eugene she does the right thing ethically by saying i'm too close help me eugene by first sharing and he says okay let's fight i thought that was a really uh righteous decision so it's cool to see the murkiness and the righteousness yeah
0: no no totally and i'm i'm super psyched to see Eugene back in the courtroom and dealing with a more complex case. Yeah. Are you looking forward to
1: having to Photoshop Eugene and Eleanor into one body? Eugene and or you. (laughs) (laughs) So Eugene and Eleanor's heads on Eeyore's body.
0: Ooh, that's a good one. (laughs) Is it? (laughs) We'll see. Well, look, we have clearly redefined good in this episode. So by our definition of good, that's a good idea. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Out of Practice Podcast. Please reach out, send us an email at outofpracticepodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com. Leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. And, uh, Find us on Instagram, on Facebook, at Out of Practice Podcast. Check us out our blogspot at outofpracticepodcast.blogspot.com. Join the jury, make an objection, send us a filing or a subpoena. We're really happy to have everybody on board with us on our crazy journey. We're really
1: excited from the very beginning. We said that we wanted to interact with all of you. Thank you for your comments on the blog. Thank you for writing us on Instagram starting to become a family we're so thankful about it we hope that that will only continue as we move forward and then we can start asking you
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that all of that was a lead up to when we put our hand out is that what you're saying yes because
1: that shitty audio quality is only going to get better once we buy new stuff
0: <laughs> which of course we, people won't pay us unless the quality is decent enough Well, there we are. All our (laughs) victories are pure. (laughs) Laser sounds. Laser sounds.